This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Today is Tuesday, weekly shiur on the Perush HaRamban La Torah. This week is Parshat Tzav, and this is Ezubik. And today's Ramban is from Perek Vav, Pasuk Dali, the beginning of the Parsha, when the Kohen brings the Korban, uh, or the Korbanot in general. There's something called Hotsa'at uh, Adeshen. The ashes that are on the Mizbech have to be cleaned off once a day. And concerning that, the Pasuk says, Upashat et begadav, bedavash begadim achirim. When the Kohen goes to take out the Deshen, the ashes from the Mizbech, he takes them out of the Beit HaMikdash, it says, Upashat et begadav, he should take off his begadim, his clothing, meaning the big day Kodesh, the big day Kuna that he was wearing when he did the Avodah, begadim achirim, he should wear other clothes. And then, he takes the Deshen out. Rashi, Shamban quotes, says about that action of changing one's clothes. et begadav, ein ella derech eretz. Rashi says, it's not an obligation. I'm translating literally. Lo chova. It's not an obligation. Ela derech eretz. Derech eretz, different translations depending on the context, but they all, they all mean the same thing. It's proper behavior. The way of the world, translated literally. It's not chova, it's not an obligation, but derech eretz. Shelo yilachlech begadim shehu mishamesh bahem bahotzat adeshen. That he shouldn't uh, get the begadim that he serves with, the bigdei kuna, those that he serves God with, he should not get them dirty when he takes out the ashes. In other words, taking out the ashes, you would undoubtedly get your clothes uh, stained by the soot. And therefore, it's derech eretz, that the begadim, the clothing that you wore, the kohen wore when he served God as a kohen, by the mizbeach, he should not sully them when he takes out the desh, and therefore he wears other begadim. But Rashi says, it's not a chova, it's only derech eretz. It's, it's, it's decorum, it's, it's proper protocol. But not a mitzvah minat Torah. No, if it says in the Torah, ve'asa kach v'kach, we would say that's a chobat minat Torah. And frankly, the reason will no longer be important, because you do it anyhow. But here, the Torah doesn't mean you should do it, or you must do it. The Torah is saying this is what's going to be. Any normal person would do this. And then Rashi, according to the, uh, it's according to the Gemara, explains the, the rationale behind this, this uh, activity with a... Metaphor. The clothing that one wears when cooking for one's master is not the clothing one wears when one pours the cup for the master. In other words, going back to the age of servants, the butler at the table wore very fancy clothing. We sometimes see this in the movies. They, they seem to be dressed, they dress better than any of us. Right, the, the servants who are actually serving at the table, he who pours the, the cup of wine for each of the thing, he was dressed in livery. Interesting word, no longer used. He was dressed in state clothing. The person cooking in the kitchen was wearing an apron. As begadim she bishel behem k'tedal al yimzog behem kos 
וכך אמר ולבש בגדים אחרים פחותים מהם. זה איפה שיסייז, he should wear other בגדים, which in frankly, not as fancy, not as good, when he takes out the dash and when he takes out the ashes. Okay. So the Ramban comments and explains what, uh, what Rashi and what the Chazal are trying to say. והכוונה, לרבותינו בזה, לומר, שהוצאת הדשן צריכה בגדי כהונה. The Ramban says, you should understand something which is not clear from Rashi. That this comment is based on the assumption that when they took out the dashen, they were wearing bigday kuna. A kohen has particular clothing, particular articles of clothing he has to wear. Four, four begadim, which are detailed in Parshat Tetzaveh, and uh, soon will be, the end of this week's parsha will be placed on Aaron when he becomes the kohen and his children. Uh, when the Kohen doesn't have to wear Big Day Kuna all the time, he wears them when he's doing an Avodah. When he goes home, he, he wears home clothes. Hotsa'at Hadeshen, taking out the Deshen, is it in an Avodah for which the Kohen has to dress like a Kohen, yes or no? So there is a disagreement in the Gemara about this point. The man says, well, we just read that he changes his clothing so as not to sully the clothing that he wore by the Mizbech, but he should have other clothing assumes that both of those sets of clothing are in fact Big Day Kuna. Hotsat Adashan Tzricha Big Day Kuna ve'ein begadim achirim Big Day Chol. When it says v'lavash begadim achirim, the word achir in the Torah is a sensitive word. Other. Sometimes it's about people on Rashon Chazal. For instance, it's almost Pesach. We have a drasha which permits us to keep chametz that belongs to a guy in our house which is the basis for the sale of chametz, for mechirat chametz. And that's what it says, Lo yere lecha, shalcha iya tarwe, vatarwe shal achirim. You may not see or have your own chametz, lecha, but you may have chametz of achirim. What does the word achirim mean? It means something else, or something different. There's a machlok, in fact, among the Mishonim, or at least a discussion, as to whether achirim is a term in, this, in that context, of mechirat chametz, which means the others, in other words, non-Jews, well, it means just somebody else. If for, for some reason, chametz of a fellow Jew was found in my house, am I prohibited for having it there? Obviously, it's not a, 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 a suggestion that if you want to take care of your chametz, you should sell it to a Jew. Because <laughs> he has to give it to the chametz, so that's why he sell it to Gaim. But the question is, in fact, if I would sell it to a Jew, or just happen to belong to a Jew, would I be over does the word achave mean different people, other kinds of people, which in this sense would mean non-Jews, or just means somebody else? So here the Mabana is pointing out, badash begadim achirim doesn't mean a different kind of clothing. It just means different. Other clothing, not different clothing. Because these clothing are also bigday kihuna. And that's why, so how does know that? Why is Rashi's comment predicate that the begadim are also Big day, big day kuna. Very simply, because if Hotsa'at Adeshen, taking out the ashes, doesn't require big day kuna, then they wouldn't have won big day kuna. They did not wear big day kuna when they did things which didn't require them. It's a whole halachic problem whether it's even permissible. Because the Begadim have Ketusha, they're holy, and you're benefiting from something which is holy. So only Bishat Avodah, conceivably this, is it Muta. So the Mban says that if they're wearing, if they don't have to wear big day kuna, they're wearing other Begadim, so of course they have to change the begadim. And I don't need the comment that they do it in order to protect 
the Big Day Kuna from being sullied. If I'm worried about the Big Day Kuna being sullied, it's because, in fact, you have to wear Big Day Kuna, but, now the but, the Chiddush is, you should wear other Big Day Kuna. Now, if this is true, and the Raman obviously, you know, this is what the Raman believes, it's an interesting point because you're protecting Big Day Kuna from getting dirty, not because of Big Day Kuna, because in any event, you're going to be wearing Big Day Kuna, because you must, and they will get dirty. So it's not, that's why the point that Rashi is making, according to the Ramban, is a moral point. It's a, it is a Derech Eretz point, in the sense that it's not a halachic point that it's also to get Big Day Kuna dirty. Since Hatsa'at Adeshen requires Big Day Kuna, then you will get them dirty. However, the Bgadim that, as the Medrash, as the, as the Mashal, the, the, the metaphor said, the Bgadim that you wear to serve God directly, uh, doesn't have the same derech eretz factor as the begadim you use to in the kitchen. So when they were by the mizbeach, when they actually did the korban, that's comparable to yimzog behen They are serving God, so to speak. The service of God is by the mizbeach. So there you wear big day kuna, but a nice big day kuna. You have to keep them clean. You have to make sure they stay clean. If it's an avodah, it requires big day kuna, but it's not personal service. It's something that has to be done. But you're not, it's not, so to speak, for God. It's not God's table in the comparison of mizbech to table. It's the kitchen, or in this sense, it's after the kitchen. You're throwing out the, I hesitate to say the word garbage, but you're throwing out what's leftovers, right? You're throwing out the leftovers. So you need to wear big day kuna, but you should, since it's it's an activity which will involve getting dirty, so you should have two separate sets of Big Day Kuna. One for the personal service. Rashi already used the word Pichutim. Better Begadim and less good Begadim. It's not, it's almost hard to know what that means. The Begadim have very strict halachic rules. You can't add gold. They're not, they're not fancy in any normal sense. But they're the ones you keep clean. There's the, the, the those who have served in the Israeli army. I imagine there's some parallel to the United States Army as well. There's Big Day Aleph and Big Day Bet. They're very, very similar. But there's the dress uniform and the work uniform. So, in fact, they look alike because they're the, exactly the four Begadim the Torah says to do. But one you keep cleaner than the other. And that's Rashi's point. So there's a halachic requirement, or in this sense, what's, one second, there's a, there's a requirement. There's a Derech Eretz requirement that says, if you're going to do honorary Activities, activities involving kavod, and activities that don't involve kavod have two separate sets of begadim, so that you don't dirty the fancy ones with the remnants, with the uh, soot, the dust from the uh, from the second kind of activity. To this, Ramban adds, but he doesn't understand. Rashi is quoting a Gemara, but he thinks Rashi's introduction to the quote is misleading. In fact, it's incorrect. I do not know where the Rav, Rashi, derived that it's not an obligation. Rashi had introduced this comment that you change the Begadim to keep them clean by saying, It's not an obligation, it's merely Derech Eretz. The man says, why isn't there an obligation? It appears to me, it's a mitzvah. In other words, it's an obligation. 
It's a requirement that the Kohen shall begadim sheyaseh b'mekorbanot. Gam haramat adeshen yu begadim nekiyim. Lo yishamesh botan asher hotzei adeshen. It appears to me that it's a mitzvah that the begadim, the clothing you use to bring the korban, including, Havan adds, haramat adeshen, when you take the ashes off the mezbeach. That's part of the, that's done by the mezbeach. That's different than the begadim you wear when you take out the deshen. They should be clean. And therefore, to keep them clean, you don't use them. In other words, the Ramban is saying, Rashi had a very good comment here. Rashi's comment is correct. The Ramban merely added that Rashi's comment is based on the fact that it's big day kuhuna that are worn. Secondary big day kuhuna. Less clean, less fancy big day kuhuna are worn. You take out the deshen. But now he disagrees. After adding that point that it's big day kuhuna, he says, but I don't understand where the distinction in Rashi comes from of chovah as opposed to derech eretz. Of course it's derech eretz, but it's chovah. The Torah says, treat the Begadim with honor, the Chavod Ulatif Aret, as it says about Big Day Kuna. And therefore, you should have a separate set for the messy, dirty parts so that you keep the personal service of God, Begadim, clean and, and nice. It's true that Rashi quoted from the Gemara a Mashal, and the Mashal is clearly Derech Eretz. Right? When we explain a mitzvah in the Torah by saying the way the servant dresses when he's serving the table is not the way the servant dresses when he's in the kitchen, obviously we're appealing to not your knowledge of Torah. This mashal, this metaphor wasn't learned from the Torah. We're appealing to your knowledge of the ways of the world. Anyone is supposed to understand this. Because this is the way any servant in any king's house or any rich person's house would be run. That's what we call Derech Eretz. It's not a gzerat katuv. It's not some minutia of Torah law. It's human understanding. It's social convention. But says the Ramban, so what? Social conventions can also be chova. Rashi assumed that if it's learned from the manners of society, that means it's not chova, but derech eretz. Ramban objects to the word but. Ein zechova ella derech eretz. The man says, of course it's derech eretz. But zechova, derech eretz. I'm just quoting now the famous Mishnah in 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 Avot. Derech eretz kadma Torah. It's not less obligatory. It's obligatory. In this case, the Torah specifically didn't leave it for your common sense to figure out. But the Torah said you have to act in the manner which is derech eretz. The mitzvah is from, is, is derived, is, is shares in the, the way, in the ethical, the, the, the proper behavior of a servant to his master. And therefore, and therefore the koanim should have begadim chamudot, special precious begadim for the avodah, the service of God in the Beit HaMikdash, v'hapechutim, and less dear, less special begadim, for taking out the deshen. And this I say based on the svarah which Rashi has written. In other words, there's a very, very interesting disagreement here between Rashi and Ramban 
The man doesn't elaborate, and it's a very specific case, but I think it's a general, it, it, it reflects a general uh, um, matter of great importance. Rashi seems to have assumed that there is a distinction, a, a contra distinction between Derech Eretz and Chova. Rashi has a very um, legal attitude towards the word Chova. Certain things you have to do. You're required to do because the Torah commanded you to do it. There are other things which is the proper way for a Jew to behave. And, and I can't imagine the Rashi is, is, is belittling proper behavior. But Rashi says, yeah, but it's not a religious obligation. It's not, you're not legally required to do it. It's just with legal. You're not, formally speaking, you're not legally required to act properly, to behave. As, as our parents used to say. Behave like a mensch. Rashi seems to be saying that one is not formally obligated to be a mensch. Of course you have to be a mensch. But that's called Derech Eretz. And Derech Eretz is, I assume Rashi would say Derech Eretz is very important. Again, I quoted a Mishnah, which Rashi obviously knows. Derech Eretz Kadma La Torah. Derech Eretz is very important. But there's this, there's this important distinction in Rashi's mind between obligation and proper conduct. And now I'm going to contradict myself. I think even though I state, and I'm sure Rashi would, I'm positive Rashi would, would give me a shakarach for saying it, that doesn't mean we're belittling proper conduct. Having said that, but it, you know, it does. In other words, at least for some people it will. When you, when you say that, okay, this is what you have to do and this is what you should do, in, in some sense, even after I then add, and it's very important to do that which you should do, I think we all feel that, uh, well, in the end, obviously, you have a greater obligation to do that which you are obliged to do than that which you're not obliged to do. It's almost by definition. What is not obligated to act in a manner which is proper conduct. It's not chova. You don't have to do it. It's only highly, highly, highly recommended. So maybe the word only is a bad word. It's highly, highly, highly recommended. It's recommended so highly that there's almost no difference. And yet, I can't help adding the word only. If it's not obligatory, then at least here, nafkamina, the, the, the difference under certain circumstances, you could forego it. I think that's clearly true. If I say something is proper conduct, as opposed to saying it's obligatory, if it's obligatory, then we have very strict rules when you don't have to do it. Basically, pikuach nefesh. If the Torah says you're not allowed to do this, so you have to do that, then you have to do it. You can get, if it's, if it's, if it's mitzvat lotasei, the only way you can get out of doing it is if it's danger to your life. If it's mitzvat asei, the Nehemiah says that one-fifth of your money if you can't afford, really can't afford, you just don't have the money to uh, to buy a lulav, then you don't buy a lulav. But, I mean, there are very exact reasons to exempt somebody from an obligation. If something is derech eretz and not obligatory, I think we could correctly uh, conclude that it's not as strict, meaning it doesn't have as strict rules. If it's extremely inconvenient, Let's say, I'll give you a simple example. Uh, time is running out. It doesn't apply to Trumat Adeshen, but uh, some other case of Derech Eretz. You know, I have to, there's a proper way to dress. Uh, th- this case, how does one dress? Okay, there are other laws or other Derech Eretz recommendations having to do with the way one, one dresses. If one doesn't wear one's special livery, the clothing of the king, to throw out the soot, so one also doesn't throw out the garbage, say, in one's pajamas. That's neat. Okay, but suppose 
uh, it's very very important you know the time is running out the the uh, the garbage collectors are here if I don't have the garbage now it'll smell up my whole house I've got the Bikuch Nefesh here it could be that you'll say under those circumstances maybe it's okay I have to help somebody I, I, uh, uh, somebody outside needs my help there's a little baby crying a little baby crying outside you won't dress so nicely because you have to pick him up. Why should he cry? Why you change your clothing? In other words, if it's if it's just derech eretz, then you have to view it in a wider context. If it's halacha, then it's halacha. So Rashi says, look, those are two different categories, and I keep them separate. The Ramban says, I'm not saying the Ramban would disagree in general. He disagrees here. By disagreeing here, he's saying, I don't understand why Rashi thought logically it has to be two different categories. In this particular case, the Torah said, ob- obliged obligated you to do something but the inner meaning the reason is in fact it's not that it happens also to be no I agree with what the mashal implies the only reason why God said to do this was because it's the proper way to act but why can't that proper way to act also be an obligation now I, I want to take a step back I'm not saying that the Ramban means that anything that's is an absolute obligation I think Navan would agree with what I said a few minutes ago that we can, there's a difference between formal obligations and general proper behavior. And the nafkamina is, as I described, how does one get out of it? When is one exempt? What would be the circumstances, extenuating circumstances? Nonetheless, the Ramban, if he'd be willing to uh, admit what I've just stated, Nonetheless, the Ramban doesn't see it as being such a stark distinction. And that's why in our case, for instance, the two could overlap. The Torah is perfectly capable of, of obligating one, in a formal, legal sense, to perform and act in the manner which is called Derech To give another example, in other words, what, what I'm saying, I'll come back to this point in a minute, what I'm saying is that, I'm not saying that everything that's Derech is also an obligation. But they're very close. In order to say what Rashi says, you have to really think of being two completely distinct categories, religious or legal obligations in the Torah, and how to be a mensch. They come from two different sources. One is God at Sinai, and the other one is, I don't know if it's society or human nature, but the difference between being, to use a phrase that was used, I think improperly, a couple hundred years ago, in the time of the Haskalah, the difference between being a Jew and being a mensch. For those of you who didn't get the immediate reference, it's a famous uh, statement used by the Maskilim, specifically by, uh, I believe, by Yudlam and Gordon. Have Yehudi bebeitecha v'adam betzeitecha. Act like a Jew in your house and like a man, like a mensch in the street. Yeah, a phrase that wasn't, uh, I think it's improper, I don't think it's the way that Torah, at least the first part, be a Jew inside, but in the street you have to dress and act like, like a fine guy. But anyway, to go back to my point, by Rashi, there are like two different categories. The fact that the Ramban, in one particular case, our case, can say that they overlap, is I think based on the fact that the Ramban doesn't really see them as being all that distinct to begin with. Maybe it's different levels of obligation, he would agree. But, but basically, 
the proper way to act is the way that God wants you to act and the way God wants you to act is the proper way to act. I'll give another example of this one that's in fact much stronger is what Ramban will say in a few weeks and we will get there. Pashat Kedoshim the extremely famous Ramban that says that Kedoshim to you you shall be holy comes to tell us to act in exactly to act in a proper manner. It was Ramban Lo lihiyot menuval Torah not to be a, a bum a maneuver, not to be a disgraceful character, but within the parameters of the law. And that is a mitzvah, but Torah. It's one of the Tayyag mitzvot. Torah said, do A, do B, do C, and do D, which is, do everything else, which is the right way to act. Kedoshim to you. So there you have a specific mitzvah Torah, which bridges the gap between specific mitzvot and general proper conduct. There is a specific mitzvah that says to be a general fine person. I think here, Ramban is expressing the same idea. The philosophic basis for this is that you shouldn't view these categories as being so totally distinct that one cannot overlap. Ramban doesn't understand how can Rashi just automatically without any proof. I mean, the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says, change your clothing. So the Pshat is, you have to change your clothing. Why does Rashi say you don't have to change your clothing, you just should change your clothing. So the Ramban suspects, because according to Rashi, it's a logical problem. If Chazal explained that the reason for changing one's clothing is decorum, derech eretz, social manners, then it can't be a chova. The Ramban says, why not? You don't think God wants us, commands us, obligates us to act the way human beings should act? in accordance with the proper state of conduct according to whatever standards they are. And therefore he objects to what Rashi is saying about uh, about this mitzvah, non-mitzvah, half-mitzvah called Upashat et From both Rashi and from the Ramban and from the Gemara we can determine that we can learn that there is, I don't know, but the word exactly, there's an Indian, there's, there's something that says you should dress properly. And you should not appear before the king in dirty clothing. An immediate halachic ramification of this has to do with davening. The kohen and a person davening are very, very similar, both logically and in fact, halachically, the two especially uh, emphasizes a number of halachot of tefillah are based on the fact that one who davenes is a kohen. He's doing avodat Hashem. Avodat Hashem, the Beit HaMikdash, was done by kohenim. Avodat Hashem, Shebalev, was done by each Jew and Jew. You understand the logical comparison. So there's a halakha, Shabbat calls tikkun bigadim. One has to have certain litakeng, one has to fix, one has to adorn. You have to dress up in order to daven. It's a halakha which has lost a great deal of its import to modern Jews, or modern Jews of a certain kind. The idea that before one davens, one, one puts on a jacket or a hat. We don't wear hats anymore. But Allah is based on that, as the Chazal said, Bagadim should be shelled not because it's shameful to do other things. He who cooks in the master's kitchen is doing a fight. He's doing a mitzvah. He who takes out the deshan is doing a mitzvah. He's in fact wearing, according to the Ramban, big day kuna. But when you appear personally before God, as we do in tefillah, as the Kohen does by the Mizbech, you don't wear the same Gadim, because 
call it a social convention, call it human nature, call it common sense, call it derecheretz. When you appear before an important person, even as his servant, his importance requires you, the cover that you show him requires it, because you're the servant of the king. As the servant of the king, you also have to dress like the king, like one of the king's servants. The king's servants dress very, very well. Not when they're doing the king's work, when they're working in the field or in the kitchen. But when they're doing personal service, there's a certain, certain ceremonial aspect to it, which requires, logically, a better form of dress, or a cleaner form of dress. And this halacha. One doesn't daven in stained clothing. One should be embarrassed to daven in stained clothing, even though one's not embarrassed to wear stained clothing when working in the kitchen. But if the kitchen worker goes to daven, he has a problem. He should and go back to the first begadim. The Ramban says, this is for the Kohen in the Beit HaMikdash. It's a mitzvah like any other mitzvah. I think the Ramban is telling us that even where it's not included in this Pasuk, you shouldn't say, ah, it's only a recommendation. The word only is the problem here. It's only a recommendation. And I think he's saying, that even according to Rashi, Rashi would say it's a very highly recommended action. The Ramban is saying, there's no, you, you, you're, I, I wish to obscure the distinction to some extent between obliged and highly and highly recommended. Just to finish the Ramban, the Ramban says that there is another Paspur in this Pasuk. What Rashi quotes is based on the fact that you had to wear big day kuna for taking out the deshen. And therefore, it was necessary to say that, but there should be other big day kuna, not to dirty the special big day kuna. But there is, in fact, a, an opinion in Chazal, in the Gemara in Yoma, uh, where, uh, which says that begadim acherim means other and different not big day kuna. And if that's true, then the reason isn't because you're trying to keep the begadim clean, it's because apparently it's a major distinction, a major machloket as to whether or not Hatsat Adeshin is an avodah, which requires big day kuna, or merely a technicality involved in keeping the Beit HaMikdash clean, which therefore does not require, and in fact would not uh, allow big day, uh, big day, big day kuna, but rather big day, big day chol. The man says, Upshuto Shomikra Bekahu. The man says, it's Machokan in the Gemara, but in terms of Peshat, it's a better interpretation. Peshat the Begadav, Rash Begadim Achirim says, You finish your Avodah, take off your holy Begadim, and wear other Begadim, day Begadim, secular Begadim, and take the Deshen out, Shade Sabah Alav, and then, of course, the reason is, of course, that uh, you shouldn't get the Begadim dirty, but it's it's obvious. Shade Sabah Alav, Shaloy Lachlech Begadim Abad Begadim Akodesh. If Hotzat Adeshin is not an Avoda, then of course it's also to dirty Big Day Kuna with non-sacred activities. It will be similar, even though it's a necessary activity and it's done for God, it's done for the Beit HaMikdash, but it's basically the same as saying you should take off your Big Day Kuna when you go and, and cook for yourself. You have to protect Big Day Kuna from non-Kodesh activities. So that's obvious. Uh, that's why the Ramadan said though that Rashi's comment that there's a difference between the kitchen and the butler, the cook and the butler, that assumes that they're both big day kuna, they're both in the service of the king, but different kind of service. If we held like the other day, that Hatzat Adeshin is not the service of the king, then obviously you have to change your begadim. 
how could you use big day kodesh in uh, for something uh, for something like like throwing out the garbage basically throwing out the leftover ashes from the from the mizbech. So we've uh, taken this from Ban. From Ban, in terms of his dis- in terms of his disagreement with Rashi, is a technicality. Is there a mitzvah to change one begadim or merely a recommendation? I think this covers up a, a, a basic philosophic point concerning categories, concerning what does it mean to be obliged. And I think the Ramban's point here, I don't need to, I'm sure you know, personally not disagree with Rashi, but the Ramban's point is that sometimes I think many of us wish to distinguish. There's a legal distinction, but the question is how much you use distinction. Distinction between, oh, is that in the Shulchan Aruch? Am I obligated to do it? Or is it merely Abba Ima, Rabbi, friends telling me, yeah, this would be a good thing to do. This is the way you're supposed to behave. And then I say to myself, okay, I don't have to do it. The man is saying, there of course is a legal distinction between Eitzah Tova, between Derech Eretz and Chova. The legal distinction has to do with very, very fine points. But to imagine that it's a totally different category, that I'm not obliged to be decent, I'm not obliged to have derech eretz. I'm not obliged to, to follow proper human conduct. Yes, you are. You, you could be obliged, and sometimes you are obliged. And at least at times there will be no distinction at all. Even when there is a distinction, I think distinction is less important than sometimes we... Uh, less importance than we tend to give it, especially when we're anxious to allow ourselves to act in a manner which we know that other people might, uh, might, might disapprove. And that's it for today. Um, this is the last Shri of Namban before Pesach. Parshat Shemini, the next Parsha, is one day after Pesach. And I doubt very strongly that I will manage to uh, prepare, uh, prepare a share. Technically speaking, Came to Tea is going on vacation for three weeks. Um, it's the vacation of the Yeshiva, it's the vacation of the Rabbanim who participate in preparing these podcasts. Uh, but in Mitzvah Hashem, Parashat uh, Tazriya, a week after Pesach, I hope to uh, prepare Bereshir. If I manage, there will be one for Shemini, but I'm warning you not to count on it. And taking this opportunity to wish everyone a Chag Kasher V'Sameach. You should enjoy Pesach, learn from Pesach, and experience the freedom that Pesach grants to every Jew who was taken out of Egypt by God and Vuatahasinai. Kultuf.